Welcome to YourCast, how to podcast brought to you by Blue Microphones. I'm David Savage, founder and editor of long-running technology podcast Tech Talks. I've published over 250 shows, reaching around 10,000 listeners a month on a minimal budget. And in this show, I talk to other showrunners and producers and find out how and why they put together the content that they do. It's recorded on the Blue Yeti X, anywhere and everywhere, as you'll discover through the series. And it's edited on free software. So listen to the show, and why not go and create your own content? Welcome to the third episode of Your Cast. Today, it's a little bit of a different take on the world of podcasting. So far in the series, we've had two established podcasts. One, the number one business podcast in the UK. The second one, over 70 episodes now, talking to athletes and Olympians. Now, we're featuring a podcast which has only just launched. Their first episode was published on May the 14th, and I interviewed uh, both Sonia and Zoha, uh, as you're about to hear, when they were planning the podcast. And I wanted to show you that, you know, the same ideas and the same questions are faced by people, whether or not they've got an established podcast or whether or not they're starting out for the first time. Now, what's the podcast? The LKKG podcast what will people say? I'm not going to try and pronounce the uh, proper Pakistani because I will make a horrible hash of it. It's about two Pakistani girls who slid into each other's DMs to bond over their frustrations and struggles with culture and identity. Why? Well, Zoha is a British-born Pakistani actress and model. She was Spider-Man's first ever hijabi character. And Sonia is a uh, female uh, empowerment speaker. She talks a lot about diversity and inclusion. She's a TEDx speaker, a diversity expert, absolutely, and has hosted other podcasts. And she's someone that I know uh, personally through Tech Talks. So it's really interesting to have a podcast born out of two people's specific struggles they come from the same community effectively they come from the same background and they felt hang on if we're having these troubles and both of them have been wonderfully successful in what they do then plenty of other people from their community are going to have these struggles too and wanted to share that experience and show people that they could be who they wanted no matter what their family or circumstances necessarily try to dictate on them so that's the reason for LKKG. Uh, I was really keen to get them on because, as I said, it's a slightly different angle as opposed to two established podcasts that we've had so far in the series. I think it's really interesting. Listen, both of them are, are full of life and wonderful characters, so I'll hand over to the interview and enjoy the show. Before we get into anything, I suppose, about podcasting in more detail, we should find out what your show's called and what it's all about. And I don't know whether Sonia... Well, Zoha, you want to take this, but... Zoha's going to take it because she has a better pronunciation than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I can just about speak my language. But she's very good at it, having said that. Um, our I'm actually born there, so that's ridiculous. There that's you go. Right. So our podcast, is, well, hopefully will be called Lo Kya Kahenge, Yeah. Which means, what will people think? And it came out of a very organic conversation that we had, mm-hmm. which I think is very important for us. It's a podcast where we have given a platform to rule breakers, Mm -hmm. essentially from our communities. So communities that are Asian or black, where the massive, you know, what will people think or what will people say is something that massively holds people back from doing things that they're truly passionate about. And I think both of us have that story and we just wanted to talk about it because when you're going through that, you feel like you're alone. So having a podcast and showing people or making people part of the conversation makes them feel like, you know what, I can do this. I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, neither of you do 
either job your, your jobs are not what you would traditionally associate with your communities Mm-mm. no which no. is you know that horrible assumption if you think about films like Bend It Like Beckham and you know she's playing yeah. football and her family are like don't play football you've got to go to school no, you've got to go to university and whatever else but even now I still get comments oh you can still be a lawyer I'll say or, or the one that I get off I mean can, can you I suppose yeah, you can yeah you can they're like you can still be a lawyer I'm like but I didn't want to be one in the first place so I don't know where the stills come from or I get comments like uh, a few years ago they're like oh but you know you could have worked in a bank I'm like the banks are my clients they're like oh but you know you could have been like in a bank as a cashier I'm like you I'm in the head office yeah but it's it's that vocality like I could have never been a doctor biology is not my strong point <laughs> but math lecturer lawyer banker that's what instead independent consultant running a women's network exactly yeah. And an actress. Yeah. Who actually does have a law degree. Um, oh, there you go. I get, the same, <laughs> I get the same quips from my parents. You, you could still be a lawyer. Yeah, my mother, the other day my mother was like, oh, you could have been a barrister. <laughs> like, yeah, but I could play a barrister in a movie, but I could play a pilot in another movie, and I could be a doctor in another movie. Yeah. I could be everything. I mean, the good thing that you guys have going is that you both already have a bit of a following in your own rights. So there are there are groups of people that you can reach out to immediately. The re- this whole thing, this whole idea actually became solid because of my following, mm-hmm. because of the kind of questions that people asked me or the kind of messages that I got. As soon as my career sort of took off and I had more of a public profile, I had girls messaging me being like, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. Like, we, our parents are Muslim or our parents are Pakistani and they would not allow us to do it. And when I read those messages, I felt like, I was talking to myself five years ago because my parents are Pakistani, my parents are Muslim. They told me not to do it. And I would look up to people and be like, how did they get there? And that's why we're having these conversations. And I think mine's a little bit opposite. So the only thing my mother has ever said is make sure you go and get a degree. Yeah. But what changed for me was the fact that I had that freedom. And then I look at people around me and most families or most Girls that I've interacted with, no matter what age they are, and if they identify as non-Caucasian, honestly, they've never had that freedom. Mm. They've never had a freedom where they can go home and make a decision that parents support them 100%. Whereas my parents have always supported me 100%. One of the reasons why I wanted to do it is because earlier in the year, I gave a workshop called Being Brown and British. Mm -hmm. So it's about identifying as both culturally brown and having a heritage which is of a Indian, Pakistani, Sri Lankan, Bangladeshi nature, but being a British and Western and how you merge the two, because the two are quite different. And I don't know if you know, but there's been oftentimes or not, as, as growing up, and I'm sure Zoha can confirm, where you, you live a double life. I've had girls, and luckily I was I was never them, but I've had girls come to sixth form and uh, roll up their skirts a little bit higher or take their tights off as soon as they get to school and then put it back on when they get home. Mm. And so earlier this year, I did a workshop called Being Brown and British, and I hadn't realised someone's dad was in, in, in the room. And at this point, I didn't have Instagram, and I didn't have Facebook either, but like-minded females had Facebook. So this girl who was in the room, and she was with her father, her mum reached out on our like-minded females account, messaged to say, I don't know if Sonia has a Facebook, but if she can reach this, I just want to tell her that my husband came home very inspired by what you had to say and now understands what our daughter is going through and it's actually changed his mind mm. and the way he looks at his daughter and will encourage her to do things. That's what stuck up to me. 
so both of you have got this shared purpose and reason behind having mm-hmm. a podcast and reaching out and talking to that community. But why, why a podcast? Why not another channel? Because there's plenty of other opportunities now, YouTube or something along those lines. Why a podcast? It feels like this is the kind of conversation that I would have with if I had an older sister sitting in my pajamas on her bed and I can't really get that feel out of maybe a YouTube video or a documentary series but I can get that feel because I can put my headphones on listen to a podcast in bed comfortably um and the same way for me I can record it here in my house with my friend and we're just having an organic conversation we don't have to worry about what we're wearing or who's going to come and help us film or and also I just feel like it's some we're well I'm not a very technologically um clever person so I feel I like I'm worry neither am I but <laughs> you're not either and, and they're well <laughs> I do work in tech so do I so yeah. no but anyway so I feel like it just it's an easier yeah, yeah. it's accessible yeah it's accessible for everyone so if i think of myself as as a key a key listener i don't watch videos mm. i definitely don't go on youtube very very rarely but i do listen to audible i do listen to podcasts and basically in in relation to what you've asked i have a commute time and so i want someone who's commuting or someone who's walking to be able to just plug their headphones in and listen to something and be yeah. inspired and motivated in a short period of time rather than have to fluff about with YouTube and finding it and then make sure the video plays and then when you lock your phone, it doesn't play and there's so much kind of just added noise mm. to, to that element that we just wanted to create something that was accessible, inclusive and um, something that you can something that you can play anywhere. You do mention Audible though. Audible is a distinctly different medium and if you listen to adverts around podcasting at the minute, we were chatting before we had mm. record about the fact that there are courses being sold to help people become podcast stars... How do you think it differs from traditional radio or from Audible or from, you know, is it just that inclusivity bit? Is it- inclusivity, accessibility, and also we're creating a podcast from our kitchen. There's nothing with creating a podcast that scares me, if you mm. know what I mean. I feel like I could literally get any good microphone and just talk. Yeah. Because I do that anyway, with just without a microphone. Mm-hmm. So I just need to capture that conversation. And not to say that conversation isn't structured, because obviously we've had a brand planning meeting, we've thought about why and the key motives. But again, you know, even even whilst we're discussing now, if we went on a tangent and it was an interesting tangent, we would then just carry on. So it's about that momentum where you're just having an organic conversation and making sure that the end user, you're delivering something powering, mm-hmm. powerful and actionable to the end user. Whereas to me, an, an audible is... is is I'm basically reading books, mm. or I'm listening to books. Listening to a story. To a story, storytelling. Mm. Um, and I don't know, I don't really believe in this whole kind of 12 weeks into podcast mastermind, because I just think podcasting is something which is so raw that you have to learn it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And hence why we're doing it from our kitchen table, with a microphone, with a laptop, with yourself, is we want to learn and make sure it's our, our kind of product you must be coming, I mean, you're obviously at the start of your journey, but you must be coming into into it with some assumptions. No? No, I think, like, our, our aim is not to, you know, reach the top five podcasters in the world or anything. It's literally to be able to talk to girls that are like my little sister 
or women who are struggling and feel like they're alone and it's literally just me and Sonia having probably a cup of chai and talking so there's no we're not going into it with this ma- with this idea that we're suddenly going to become like gurus and people are going to come with difficult decisions and we're going to solve everything and we're going to make everyone rich and we're going to make everyone happy it's not it's yeah yeah it's a little bit more innocent it's definitely it's just showing women like us or those who identify as women like us and actually we do have men as well so just anyone of a ethnic or colored background who's been able to again drive themselves out of the box that we're often put in mm. and so even with podcasting the reason we're doing it is because we don't want to be put in another box which is like we're it's only video or it's only a book with podcasting in my personal opinion it's it's so much more it's a conversation it's a story it's a it's a dialogue it's it's, it's like so organic it can go anywhere it's raw mm. my only assumption so your point being okay what is my one of my assumptions um we are creating something but that doesn't mean it's the best product or the final product so i guess the only thing that really terrifies me is the editing part yes i agree <laughs> don't do a lot <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but look you mentioned innocence and i've yeah. never really thought about it but i suppose one of the things that you can legitimately say about podcasting is it is it is quite innocent mm-hmm. and the audience is quite forgiving yeah and so on that point around editing when i started i used to edit a lot and the more i've done it the less i edit i mean there's an element you you get better at editing and knowing where to take the conversation yeah. the more mm-hmm. episodes that you do but there's not a need to yeah. overly edit we tend to go off on tangents but if we just control that and stick to mm. proper time and just steer the conversation where we actually want it to go, then I think we don't really yeah. need to edit that much. And so the the one thing I don't agree with right now in podcasting is people taking that innocence away and, and charging a lot for something which isn't accessible. Like, mm. so I've seen adverts online, and we were talking about this before, where a podcasting studio is like £50 an hour or £100 an hour. That doesn't include editing. It's just you go and record there. Mm. But I personally think that isn't a podcast. I think a podcast is the kind of accessible story or dialogue that you can move from one place to other, talk to several people. That doesn't mean you can't also record in a studio, but it's it's you want we want to create a a forum where the generation after us or or the generation before us can kind of say actually we've got something to share and we think this is really important and what's the easiest way for us to get that message across is by podcasting. So it's great that you've gone out and you want to kind of put down something that others can learn from, but where have you gone for advice and a steer on what you want to do? I mean, you mentioned that you have had a brown planning session, right? But yeah. you must have gone into that going, well, what, what do we do? How do we go about this? How do we have a format? You know, what is that format? Are we going to do seasons? Are we going to just going to do episodes on a weekly basis? Where, where have you turned to? We did a lot of research actually online um, where we would see if anyone was doing the same kind of podcast that we're doing. Yeah. Um, I realized that not a lot of people are, um, but I think having that knowledge from listening to podcasts ourselves was valuable. Being keen podcast listeners means that you have some sort of idea, like, why do I want to listen to this podcast? What makes me want to tune in and be like, actually, I want to listen to Freakonomics. Um, so picking up little things that you like from there. Mm-hmm. I turned to a few friends of mine who are in who are in the creative industry who are actually videographers and photographers, but they have the knowledge of how to edit, even if it's slightly different, 
some of them are actually looking to go into podcasting themselves. So they've done the research on a higher level. So they've been able to give me tips. Um, and then for us, we literally sat down and said, this is what we want out of it. It's, you know, it's not about becoming super famous yeah it's simply sitting down and we had a very deep conversation actually which is again very true to why we want to do this podcast we sat down we were meant to do a brainstorming session we ended up cooking lunch having tea having a heart to heart <laughs> yeah. and then through that heart to heart we were like actually this is what we should call it and then we sat down we were like yeah. how about we name all the episodes something that we've heard throughout our lives constantly mm you know so it's it's yeah that's and i guess best. i've also i very much believe in both trying prototyping and failing fast failing quickly so for me i think podcasting is a great way to try something see if it works if it doesn't you you reshare or redo uh and and you can have a very different innovative product the next time around if you think the first one hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. So it's quite cool in that sense. And that knowledge comes from being, for me at least, in like the corporate world. Mm -hmm. So thinking about in, in a workplace, how do you uh, create a product or a service? How do you launch? What is it from a marketing perspective customers are thinking about? Because ultimately, this is not for us, this is for the end user. Mm -hmm. So we had to identify, but who is our end user? If that's our end user, what are the kind of um, common topic areas or subjects that they are kind of addressing or are common within our cultures and various mm. other cultures, writing them down and then mm. having a heart to heart and thinking, well, these are these are phrases that I've heard. Have you heard this phrase? Okay, you've mm. heard this phrase. What context have you heard it in? Okay, let's use that context. And then honestly going through our own network and being like, well, we're going to make this really accessible. We're going to make it affordable. We're going to make it really true to our own. Who's our friends and networks that we can get on it in the next few months? Record from here. Make it a safe space to talk about things. Who do we know? When can we get them involved? Mm -hmm. And so that's as... That's as is, is there a plan in terms of, is it going to be seasons? Is it going to be, you know, have you thought about the length of the show? Or are you leaving that to chance? We've got one season. Yes, yeah, so we've got one season, which was 10 to 12 episodes. 10 episodes. 10 episodes. Um, and we wanted each episode to be about between 20 and 25 minutes. Yeah. Of conversation. So look, you've mentioned a few times that you don't want to get, you're not doing this to get famous. But a lot of people ask me, you know, what's the goal? What you, what do you? I mean, I said to you, towards? you're an influencer, and I don't <laughs> yeah. think you really like that term. But I no. do think that you could be like, I think of you as an but influencer. Even, being an, be, even if you are an influencer, that's not an end goal. That's not. You're for an some people, it is in denial, and also, yeah, for some people, it's an, it's for some people, new, it's the end goal. New generation people are like, I want to be an influencer. That's a, it's a goal now. It is. Yeah, it's my, my five-year-old cousin wants to be a YouTube star. Mm -hmm. That's that's a real. I mean, fair enough. I mean, ambition of someone. There's people that make a lot of money doing it, and they do. It is a valid career now. Yeah. So having children aspire to something like that ten years ago would have been like no, but those kids are actually yeah. earning six figures a year doing <laughs> exactly what their parents told them not to do. It's funny because like. I work in tech, so I know that it's a completely viable career, but I have to Absolutely. kind of fight against the fact that I'm at the very, very, very oldest edge of the millennials <laughs> against kind of, yeah, kind of Gen X's kind of in your head going, that's not a proper job. Yeah, anyway. it's, it's a whole different story. And it's also involving people, mindsets and lifestyles from various phases coming together so that we can explore the changes and the adaptation but across everything in the same constant but what line. is what is success then 
like is it to because you, you obviously want to be able to affect people so in a impact, positive way. impact is success but exactly how do you measure that? i was going to say impact if you know if one person messages us and says just like your story where the dad was really influenced yeah. and that girl's life has been made much easier and the parents have become more understanding if even one person messages us and says you know I heard your podcast and it gave me the strength to follow my passion and this is what I do now and mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm so glad that I could have that conversation with you that is a measure of success in a way yeah for me and we don't get me wrong I have thought about KPIs so we want to I mean of course yes <laughs> <laughs> do you have KPIs that I'm thinking of so we have a soft launch date kind of Feb, March. Mm-hmm. So that I do want it to be quite a soft launch party. We have people attend and we have we have a momentum. We do want to make an Instagram account, which we have kind of the logo, the name mm-hmm. and the logos of. I mean, so I have thought about these things. Yeah. No, and from a legal no, perspective. It's important. But yeah. I'm not... Well, you need my, to have something to work towards. And, exactly. I, and I have something to work towards. But my point being is what's really going to make it for me is when our target market is the community that identifies as ethnic or or coloured what will make it for me is when the correspondence the media the marketing the news anchors of that of those communities message us and say you're making a difference we want to help elevate you we want to take it forward or and when when schools and educational platforms get in touch and say we have a Mm -hmm. cohort of diverse young individuals who could really be inspired and listen to your story can you come in and impact them that's when I think yeah. I'll feel like we're successful. And look, I mean, the one thing that I would it kind of bleeds a little bit into your other career yeah. um, in the. Two, I try and make everything, you know. Well, two, two <laughs> thirds, two thirds of podcast audiences in this country are men, and there's no reason for that. And it has to be that surely there are just not as many female voices out there that people can identify with if, if you're a woman. And I, I think that's the success behind the receipts. Yeah, is receipts podcast is great. They are relatable. Relatable and also your target market. So our target market when we spoke is it's great to be thinking we're going to impact kids, but something we've already discussed and identified is a lot of um, a lot of young people's decisions are influenced by their parents. Yeah. So we want to make a educational, motivational, inspiring storytelling dialogue style p- podcast, which you can listen to with your parent in the room. So your parent can also overhear and hear a story and, and, and be educated. Exactly. You know, 14%, in 2011, 14% of, of the UK, um, of, uh, of the UK identifies as BAME, so non-white Caucasian individuals. Mm-hmm. Of those 14%, something like 60% of those 14%'s parents had never been to university, so they were the first generation of that. And then when you filter down, there's a massive gap in the market for someone or something or people who are talking to not only the individuals but to the parents who often more times than not want to listen to something and are also listening to something but don't have anything for them so the content that you guys engage with why do you think you engage with it i like to learn yeah if something is adding value to my everyday life even if it's like a random tip or trick. That's the kind of thing that I like listening to. Yeah. Learn education. There's been so many podcasts that I've started or books that I've started listening to and I'm like, this is actually rubbish. And I'm not going to waste my time. I hope people don't think the same of this. <laughs> I mean, you're an influencer, so I don't think so. Right. But the point being... Micro-influencer. Well, 
still <laughs> influencer in denial yeah exactly okay, but exactly fine. but then there's you know and that's the same with like TED Talks the same as why do you listen to a TED Talk is because you want to learn and you want to be in that short period of time you want something to blow your mind yeah. Same, yeah. same place one of the podcasts that I really really enjoyed a few years ago and I think is the first podcast that got me into listening to podcasts stuff your mom never told you or right, told okay. me I don't remember the exact yeah. uh, title but long story short um, it was ladies in America and they were talking about key topics but it also had a scientific and theoretical aspect mm-hmm. I, I can't remember from the top of my head but I just remember I used to listen to it on the way to work and think okay not only have I learned something today theory and scientifically but these are three ladies who are talking about you know common woman problems that mm-hmm. my mom never spoke to me about. Mm-hmm. The only problem is they weren't of the same culture, so so the few like differences. But the point being, that was the first time I listened to a podcast and thought, you know what, you you really get it. And then obviously I listened to TED Talks, and TED Talks is all about helping us to educate on those uh, inspirational and motivating powers in tech. The desire for me to edit that bit out will be strong. No, we're we're going to finish on some quick fire questions. So I want you to answer these if you can in a word or a sentence, okay? But we'll finish on these. So Zoho, then Sonia. We'll go on each just to make it easy. No pressure. Favourite <laughs> podcast? Freakonomics. TED Talks. TED Talks? Yeah. Okay. What subjects do you like to listen to? Feminism. Yeah. Not feminism. Not feminism. Anything Fairly but broad feminism. category. Okay, fine. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> okay. Uh, on average, of that of, of the show that you like the most, how long do you actually listen to it for? As in an episode, yeah. each episode. Do you listen to the whole thing or do you drop yeah. off? No, I listen to the whole thing. Oh. If I if I zone oh, out, if I zone out, I re- rewind. Okay, fine. Yeah. Whole thing, fifty percent. I I split my podcast into two. Okay. So I make sure I finish one. But I'd only listen to maybe like 12 to 18 minutes of the first chunk. Got it. And then I get bored. Favourite place yeah. or time to listen? It's actually when I'm doing the housework, I put it on my speakers. Yeah. And I listen to it while I'm emptying the dishwasher or like folding up laundry and stuff. So and whilst you're doing banal housework? Literally. Yeah. Fine. I don't Fair think enough. we're good at this one word answer game. No, That no. was not one answer. Get us back yeah. on track. I can't, honestly. <laughs> um, but I listen to it in the morning instead of music. So I make it a point morning. that I listen to it in the morning. Cool. Okay, so if you could have anyone on your show, who would it be? Fatma Ali Jinnah, uh, who was the sister of the founder of Pakistan. You see, I need Wikipedia now, but <laughs> I wouldn't know how to spell that. Um, Fatma is a very common name. Oh, right, okay. Yes. I just said no. it the way it's supposed to be said. Right. Um, yeah, she was the sister of the founder of Pakistan. Basically, my can I say my reason? or? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's because, he, like, obviously everyone knows about him, her yes. brother, who obviously, you know, was the first political leader, led the country to partition and created a whole new country, all of that. But with that, she was also doing her bit. She was empowering women. Right. And she was doing it 60 years ago. Um in a very different world and I think it would be so interesting to hear her side of things I feel so ignorant <laughs> okay so do I Sonia I would like Imran Khan who is new Prime Minister of Pakistan but most importantly because of his journey to get there excellent cricketer and and also who was uh, married to Jamila Khan who obviously is English mm-hmm. got married here had a mixed relationship was a cricketer then one day woke up and was like I want to go into politics 
Fair enough. I want to go into politics. So, last question. You want to go into politics? Yeah, one day I'm going to run for mayor of London. Yes. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just Um, figuring out when the next cycle is. I definitely think I can... Next cycle? It's next year. But definitely, I think we need, like, a woman mayor of London... Who, yes. who is young and I definitely think I can make a difference for the people cool. vote for Sonia Labour <laughs> take, take over the range from Sadiq when he's, when he's done yeah? yeah well you heard it here first so you anyone who's listening who wants to help me with my campaign please get in touch <laughs> okay a last question to finish the podcast on if you had a bottomless pit of money and there were no consequences what would you do with it I would open free schools in Pakistan specifically for girls Amazing. I would give every woman free menstrual products for the rest of their life and treatment if they needed anything, for example, IVF or anything that comes to childbirth. Both of you thought this through far better than me. I saw this on Twitter the other day and I replied, I'd buy every single oil-rich nation and shut down oil production and I don't know if it caused chaos in the short that term. That would end the world. <laughs> yeah, good in the long run. Anyway, look, it's been a pleasure to speak to you both. Thanks for your time. Thanks for the tea. It's lovely to record in the kitchen. Uh, and yeah, uh, Sonia, when you're mayor of London, don't forget, you know, people who helped, helped you get there. Yeah? And I mean, you guys are going to be on my Sonia. press team. Don't worry. All right, cool. You've got five years to figure this out, <laughs> as I do. Do it. So we will, we will get there together. We will.